What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. Uh, here is Andrew from California. Morning, studio. I just wanted to get your advice, Bobby. Me and my girl are currently in a long-distance relationship, and I know you and Caitlin were at that point. But um, I just want some advice. We're both young. We're both trying to live it up. So just some advice would be great. Thank you. My advice, and it was the first ever long-distance relationship I'd ever done, we just always had a plan next. We weren't ever just living separately going, I wonder when we'll see each other again. Even if it was far away, we had a plan uh, we were looking forward to when she would come here or I would go there. But then again, we got hit with Corona pretty quick because we dated for a few, only a few months. And then she was just kind of trapped here, which in the end was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Right. So I, my only advice to you, sound like you're a young guy, is just make sure that, you know, whenever you leave, you already have your next little spot planned because you're looking forward to something always. Otherwise, you kind of just feel like you're floating. Uh, Caitlin used to come to town and then she would get here and then start to get sad already because she'd have to, she knew she'd have to leave in a few days. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. Don't get sad until you're actually leaving. Yeah, I do that. Like, just be happy for a second. Yeah. And so, and then I'd take her to the airport and I would talk with her. I would say like, hey, there's no need to get sad. You're going to come back. We already have our next trip planned. Like, that's why it worked for us. Like, don't get sad. This is not, you're coming back in three weeks or two weeks. And then you're going to get stuck here. And then, <laughs> and then you're going to live out of one single small suitcase for three months. Um, yeah, that would be my advice there, Andrew. Good luck. It can work. It's tough. It can work. But there's also got to be a bit of a plan for how to end the long distance as well. There's got to be an end to the means. Uh, let's do one more. Here you go. This is uh, Heather in North Dakota. Just wanted to find out if you and Caitlin had your own song, had your song as a couple. We have a few. I mean, I, her and I haven't really talked about this on the level of just picking a song, but I've, I've made a list here. Uh, the first time we kind of went somewhere together, and she knows every 90s country song, every word to every 90s country song. And so we were, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon had, oh, I know what was happening. Eddie and I were practicing because we were playing with Brooks and Dunn. And I was learning, making sure I knew every word of the song. Because you feel like you do until you have to sing it with them. <laughs> right. And you're yeah. like, oh. And then... We just kind of sang it. That song reminds me of her because we just sang it for an entire weekend. So that's not our song, but that's one. Also, the Dua Lipa song, Don't Stop Now, reminds me of her when we first met. Don't come out. Don't stop caring about me now. Because I didn't even love the song, but she liked the song, and she went to the same church as Dua Lipa. And so I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. And so that song was a big one. Uh, Jesse and the Rippers forever. <laughs> you serious? Yeah. Why? Why this? Because she used to play it all the time and be like, this is my song for you. And she was kind of kidding, but not really. And also, who doesn't love Full House? True. And Jesse's playing this at the wedding. Forever. That's a jam. Um, but fine. The one that I would say is our song, not because we've picked it or had this conversation, and this song because... The f- she says that sh- when she knew that I was the one for her, I took her to a Matt Carney concert. And we were in Oklahoma City because I surprised her by going to the Oklahoma City Thunder game. And then Matt Carney was playing. He's a, he's a friend of mine. And so after the game, we went over and watched the back end of his show and hung out with him afterward. But he played this song at the very end of it. And she said when during this song is when she knew that I was the one. And it's nothing left to lose. Good morning, we'll see So, and then we listen to that song all the time, too, because we, we know all the words to it, and that was a real special time for us. And then in the song, too, he talks about moving to Nashville, you know, yeah. and probably in her life, too, she's thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, I could live in Nashville. Well, and that whole song, too, is like, let's just go for it. Yes. Like, there's, we got nothing to lose. Let's just go get it. So, yeah, and it's a jam, too. Where awesome. were you in that, since you know where you were, like, the game and the concert, if that's when she had the moment of knowing, where were you at that moment? Already knew. You knew too? Well, yeah, because I planned the whole trip. I'm not planning a trip like that for somebody mm-hmm. that I'm not berserk over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said, I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to ask her for it, that she took notes on her phone that night on how she felt because she didn't want to let that kind of go by, and she wanted to, I guess maybe when she gets mad at me later, she can go check it. <laughs> <laughs> her little diary. Do you have a song? That you, not like your first dance at your wedding, but like a song that you 
you and your husband when you first started being together was like your song? I mean, ours is anything. When we first started dating, he loves Texas country. So, and Pat Green ended up being one of our songs. But I would say anything Jerry Jeff, Pat Green, Robert Earl Keen, and even some other guys that aren't as known as those Texas country guys. So you have a whole format as your song? Even now, <laughs> yes. I, All the Texas country oh. guys. <laughs> Anything with a red dirt in it is our song. No, but I will say like even Parker McCollum's song that's out now, when it comes on the radio, it instantly has that Texas country feel. And I think of him already with that song. And he he loves it. But there's not a song. Oh, but I can think of right now unless it's Pat Green Crazy, but... Eddie? You said not that. I think ours kind of came later. We had our early ones, but I think Fix You Now has become our song because of just the roller coaster ride that our marriage has been. Ups, downs, ups, downs, and we've always just kind of ended up being there for each other. So when Fix You comes on, we both just get really quiet and say, like, gosh, I love this song. Like, we, yeah, I do, too. And what station you. are you listening to where Fix You <laughs> no, comes on? I, on our Maybe playlist. playlist. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> no, the not, crap not the you? radio. Because <laughs> I listen to the alternative stuff, too. They never play Fix <laughs> no, You. No, they don't. It's always, like, hateful stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of you guys ask for advice. We open up the mailbag to give you just that. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, I recently moved in with my girlfriend and moved all my stuff into a storage unit. And we're going to save some things that we can both use. Now, she asked me to move into the storage unit for at least a year, quote, just in case things didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally open to this idea at first and even thought it was a smart play. But now I've been thinking about it. And suddenly I'm wondering, is this a red flag? Is she telling me she's not really sure if she wants to be with me? Is she playing it safe so she can kick me to the curb? Or am I overthinking it? Brad. Well, first, I'll say you're overthinking it. I I, I would just say you're overthinking it. She may have been saying that for him not to freak out. More than her, too. You can't all... She could say, hey, just in case it doesn't work out. She could have been saying that for him. Not just for her. So, I wouldn't draw any significant conclusions from that. And who knows? It may not work out. If you both agreed, hey, we're going to see if this works out... Give it a trial, run a living together. So I would say not to freak out yet. It's not a red flag. If she's in a year, if she's going, hey, we're going to leave your stuff over there because who knows what's going to happen next. Then it's probably a red flag. Those are my thoughts. Amy? Yeah, I think she's just looking out for you too and keeping hold of your things. Although my therapist has been talking to me a lot about red flags lately. Not necessarily in a relationship, but just sometimes in life, things we do or something that's said to us that might be like, huh, maybe I do need to look a little further into that. And if it really is a concern, then you need to communicate that to her. Ooh, communication, that's tough. I know, but if it's something you can't let go, just say, hey, um, and try to use, when you do bring it up, use I language instead of you. Like, you when you said this, da-da-da-da, just say, hey, you know, I know we talked about this the other day, and I started to think this, or I started to feel this way after we talked about it, but avoid for, for her to not get on the defense. Oh, I should work on that. <laughs> I go right to the you, 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 you. No, I'm really working on I language. Mm. Well, Brad, here's what we say collectively. You're fine. If it's bothering you that much, say something to her. But this is not a sign of disaster. Yeah. We agree with that? Yeah. Because really, it she could have meant nothing by yes. it other than protecting. Right. But you have created a possible story in your head that's taking you the other direction. The stories in our head are the ones that gets us. Because mm-hmm. they're normally not right. Yeah. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Morgan, what do they do if they want to email us? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. All right, here is the game. I'll give you a famous opening line to a country song. Just name the song. If you miss, you're out. Uh, For example, this is an easy one. You can just say the answer, Amy. Looking back in the memory of... What's that? Looking back on the memory... The the dance? Yeah, the dance. Looking back on the memory of... I'll give you the famous first line. Here we go. Johnny's daddy was taking him fishing... When he was eight years old. Your answer, Morgan? Uh, mm, uh, she's in love with a boy? Incorrect. Eddie. 
Uh, I have Don't Take the Girl. Yeah, Tim McGraw, yes. Lunchbox? Don't Take the Girl. Yeah, Amy? Don't Take the Girl. Morgan, I'm sorry you've been eliminated. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, here we go. First line. He was working through college on my grandpa's farm. All right, I'm going to come to you guys in a few seconds. All right, Lunchbox, coming over to you. He was working through college on my grandpa's farm. What you got? Strawberry wine. Correct. Amy. Strawberry wine. Correct. Eddie. He was working. That's strawberry wine. All right, good. Come on. On my grandpa's farm. Here we go. Creole Williams lived down a dirt road. You know, I'll throw you a little nugget here. Creole Williams lived down a dirt road. Amy just Amy just shook me off and said, don't do that. Yeah. Why? Yes, I had it. Okay, so what? Ugh. We're just playing a fun game. We're trying to win a scholarship here? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you that next time you're trying to play a game. I don't get to play many games. I have to put game. the games together. It doesn't matter, Bobby. Why are you getting so worked up? <sighs> All right, lunchbox. Yeah, meet in the middle. Incorrect. What? Lunchbox oh, is that's out. That's the right answer. Meet in the middle. It is I'm not. An old Georgia Pine. No. Oh. Creole Williams did not live down a dirt road from the old Georgia Pine. Oh. <laughs> meet in the middle is the old Georgia Pine, but Creole Williams did not live in that town. Amy. Dust on the bottle. Dust on the oh. bottle. Eddie. Come on, lunchbox. That's your jam. Dust on the bottle, dude. There you go. Live down a dirt road. Made homemade wine, wine like nobody I know. Under that Georgia pond. All right, lunchbox is out. We got two <laughs> remaining. I saw the light. I've been baptized. I saw the light. I've been baptized. And it's the first line to what famous country song? Eddie, you in? I'm in, Bones. Come All right, on. what do you have? I have Brand New Man, Brooks and Dunn. Amy? Brand New Man. I saw the light. I've been all right, I feel like I gotta go a little harder. I'm gonna go level two now for you two, because you both are gonna nail these. Baby, what do you say we just get lost? Leave this one horse town like two rebels without a cause. Amy's singing it over there. You have it? Yeah. She Except took her, her headphones out so she wouldn't hear the game show music, leaned her head over, and she was going, Except for I don't really know that I know the title. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the game. <laughs> I know. So you, you don't have it if you don't have it. <laughs> She's like, I got it. I just don't know the title. No, 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 no. The, the title is the answer. Seems like a really long title right now. Okay. Eddie, are you in? Oh, boy. I'm in, but my dyslexia may have gotten me on this one. Oh, tough. Uh, okay, let's go to Amy first. Amy. Heads Carolina, Tails California. Eddie, what do you have? Okay, that's what I have. Heads Carolina, Tails California. Heads Carolina, Tails California is correct. Nice. Okay, are we ready? Mm -hmm. This one's going to be sudden death. Buzz in with your name when you know it. You ready, boys and girls? Ready. She's been going out with him. She's been going out. Amy. She's in love with the boy. Incorrect. What? Oh, my God. Eddie, she's been going out with oh, him. An idiot. She's been going out with me. Oh my gosh, I think I gave Amy another chance. I'm gonna go with X's and O's. Incorrect. Here's the song. She's been going oh. out with that ain't my me. truck. Oh. She's been going Red Aikens. Out with me. All right, here we go. Next one. Sudden death. Yell your name. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Say your name. Eddie. Eddie. No, 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 I know it. Eddie. No. Eddie. Say it. Kiss. Incorrect. No, no. Okay. Am I still in it? Yeah, I'll give it to you one more time. I got it. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Might have took a long way. Didn't get there someday. They said, I said, (laughs) then to get there. But just look at it. Ah! You're still the one! She committed. She jumped out of her chair, did it. Uh, <laughs> she made her bass stronger and threw her hand in the air. Oh man, I haven't heard this song in a while. <laughs> there she is. And she won a scholarship. Wow, congratulations. You Thank did. You. I, just got, I was just told what the prize was. Here. Thank you. All right, all right. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. 
A grandpa from Minnesota has finally gotten his high school diploma more than 70 years after he left school. Clifford Hansen just received it at 91 years old in a special graduation ceremony. Wow. His family was there to cheer him on as he got his honorary degree from Benson High School. He dropped out in the eighth grade because his dad was sick and he had to save the family farm. Oh, wow. That's so, he, so cool. Which he did, by the way. Yeah. And then he's 91. He told a nurse in the senior living facility he still wished he could have gotten it. So they made it happen. Did a little learning. Got it. Had the whole ceremony. Pretty cool, huh? Super cool. 91 years old. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. People's biggest pet peeves with people they live with. Okay, here are the top five. And then I actually asked Caitlin what her pet peeves are about me before we left I left this morning. Uh, number five, having people over to the house without a heads up. Uh, number four, eating someone else's food. Yeah, that's frustrating. I feel like I make a lot sometimes, and then my husband will just eat it. And I'm like, well, that was supposed to be for the whole family tomorrow. <laughs> number three, lounging. Just hanging, just like, bleh. I feel like Eddie's a lounger at his house. <laughs> you think I just lounge yeah, all day? I do. I do. <laughs> I yeah, do not all day, but <laughs> or a lot of the day I do. It's lounging is cool if it's it's lounge time, but if it's not, then it's annoying. Number two is wasting electricity. That's a pet peeve that people do. Yeah. And then number one is not stacking your dishes. And I wonder if that's stacking or if that's doing the dishes. Mm. Like the number one thing is your partner or the person you live with not doing the dishes. Right. Bothersome to you? Yeah. What's your pet peeve with your husband? Coffee grinds everywhere. Right now, it's a problem. At our new house, we have this one little part of the countertop that's dedicated to the coffee, and now he thinks like that can just be his space where it doesn't matter. I want to know every day where how he thinks those coffee grounds that are all over the counter and the coffee's drip, like stains how they go away every day. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Yeah. What, who do you think? He just magically disappears? No, every day. I clean it up. What do you think his would be with you? Nothing. Okay. And but I'm going to tell you, uh, probably That's not true. Add, no, it's not true. I know that I'm annoying for sure, so we would need to ask him, though. And I, I don't have any with any things with Caitlin. She's perfect as far as living with. Makes the bed. We have two different bathrooms. She has to use the bathroom in the guest room, so there's no bathroom sharing. Oh, that so there's helps. no Yeah. Have no There's issue like whatsoever. There's like nothing. Like sometimes she wants to talk and you don't really Oh, want well, to she talk. wants to talk all the time. <laughs> right. And, and you I'm want not to talk. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of something because there has to be something. Nothing comes to mind. And I asked her, and I get this is very early when I woke her up and asked her this. So I was like, hey, what are your pet peeves with me? I don't know that they're pet peeves, but things you do that I just don't understand. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if something is sealed, chips... Uh, rice cakes, whatever it is, if it's sealed with one of those little plastic toppers or even the wire ones that you spin and twist, you don't use them again. Like you open it and then you throw it away, the twisty thing, or it just goes. But then I wrap it and then lean it on the wrap. So it's the. Everything is stale all the time. All right. Anything else? Yeah. You, um, sometimes you take your plates or your bowls to the dishwasher i can't even talk sink it's early it's before the show go ahead i take it to the sink you take it to the sink and you don't rinse them i fill it with water no (laughs) in fact last night you filled it with water and i was so taken aback that i didn't even bring it up because i was like don't make a big deal about this don't make a big deal about it because then he might not do it again if i make a big deal about it okay and anything else yeah, you don't always put the toilet seat down. That's true. And I feel bad about that because sometimes you'll come out and be like, I just fell in. And I, what do I always say? Oh, I'm getting you, better. That brings me to another thing that you do that right. kind of drives me insane. You bring up things that you do that are normal to try to get me to give you some sort of props. You're like, hey, I fed Stanley this morning. And I'm like, <laughs> I've fed him every day, three times a day for the past however okay, long well, that's like the that. end of this segment <laughs> alright thank you sorry she had nothing um, alright back to you which is me in the studio okay oh my go. gosh you're like my son what I made my bed today <laughs> well you're supposed to I brushed my teeth today Wait, no you're not getting rewarded for something you are supposed to do every it's day it's not like that Chris Rock joke from yeah. way back in the day <laughs> you're supposed to pay your child support <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are always bragging about they pay, I pay my child support. He goes, you're supposed to pay your child support. <laughs> uh, right. You can uh, go to Facebook and put your biggest pet peeve with your husband or wife, whoever you live with. Uh, search Bobby Bone Show on Facebook. <laughs> on with us now is David Rush. He has so many Guinness World Records. 
the reason, David, that we kind of came across your story was this balloon thing you did. And I'm going to get to some of the stuff he's done. But you had three balloons. You kept hitting them in the air for over an hour. Is that true? An hour and 13 minutes. Now, on the surface, uh, and I'm looking at this uh, YouTube video of you, you just keep popping the balloons up in the air. On the surface, it doesn't seem that hard. But then I start to watch it. It looks really tough. How many minutes into this did you go, holy crap, I may not make it? I, I never actually had that thought in my mind. I knew I could do it. I'm, I'm a juggler by trade. So I've spent 5,000 hours probably in my life juggling. Um, on this one, I knew I was going to be able to do it, but it is harder than juggling, I think. Was this a record that already stood, or did you go, here's what I can do, and then you broke it? No, this one's been broken multiple times. Uh, when I first thought it was like five, five and a half minutes was the record, some folks at BuzzFeed tried to bake it. They were unable for a while. And then I broke it, and another famous YouTuber broke it, and somebody else broke it. And so it was the record stood at 39 minutes, 49 seconds uh, before I broke it this last week. So David Rush is on. He, he lives in Idaho. He's got a talent for breaking Guinness World Records. He kept three balloons in the air for one hour, 12 minutes, and 50 seconds. Do you have to call them and go, hey, I'm going to break this record? Do you have to, they have to be there? Do they have to see a live stream? Or do you just have to record it? So you, you do have to apply on their website before you can break a record. You just go out and try to break a record. They're not going to approve it because you have to apply, get the application with all of the very specific guidelines you have to follow and all the evidence you have to gather for each attempt because it's a little bit different. And then video edit and get uh, witnesses and uh, timekeepers and, and photographic evidence and submit that to them. You know, what I didn't know is that we've tried to break one of his records before on the show just as a bit. Which one? And we couldn't do it. But he was the guy we talked about that drank the lime juice. He drank an entire liter of lime juice in 17.29 seconds. Remember that when these guys tried yeah, that? that they, they all almost vomited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you train for that? How did that one work out? It was poorly. It was terrible. Let me tell you. I The way I trained is with water. And I would drink a half of a liter of water really fast. And that's how I trained the muscles and the, the reflexes for it. Uh, a liter of water just creates a horrible stomach ache from the, the my stomach expanding. And then for the, I did the lemon juice one and the lime juice one. For those, I never actually did a practice with the lemon juice and the lime juice because it was too painful with that much fluid. Were you sick after it? Because these guys got the poops. I'm not, not going to lie to you, David. Uh, Lunchbox, how much did you get down? <laughs> I got down one almost, I, got, I was about halfway to the end. Okay. So, so and he had the poops for two days. Oh. How'd you do? Uh, you know, with the lemon juice, I had a, a stomach ache for about 13 hours. Never threw up. The lime juice, I like lime juice better than lemon juice, but I struggle with that one more. I almost threw up right away. I didn't. Took lots of tons, and yes, I had an upset stomach and some gastrointestinal stuff going on for a day. <laughs> now, are you making money off this? Like, have you found a way to monetize this skill of breaking records? So my mission is actually to promote STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math. And I've got a day job at a cool technology company here in Boise called Crater Point. Where we just launched 5G routers. Uh, so on the side, I promote STEM education because the hardest positions to fill are these that require, you know, math, science, engineering degrees. And I break the records to show that if you set your mind to a goal, believe in yourself and pursue it with a passion, you can accomplish anything. I'm motivated. Wow. Who knew I was going to be inspired I by know. this call? Come on. Love it. Hey, here's another one he broke. He uh, flipped a flaming sword 57 times in 30 seconds. <laughs> So, did you ever do this and it not go exactly right and either, A, you burned your hand or, or, or cut a little something? I burned my hands off and not, the, I mean, the hair's gone off of them. I get a little, you know, first or second degree burn, but nothing too terrible. Smart guy. Found a way to promote something he's passionate about. You So, you live in Boise, right? Yep. Okay, we're on 104.3 Wow Country in Boise. So, uh, if you guys, you know, hear of us and want to go, do you ever do like, uh, hey, come meet me? cameos or meet and greets, any of that kind of stuff? You know, I'm often at uh, events that promote STEM education, giving talks, or go to libraries and schools, and so I do meet a lot of people out there in the in the world, and I've uh, done several, you know, radio station promotion things, and, you know, when X Games came to Boise, I juggled axes for 839 consecutive catches uh, for that. Are you oh kidding? Gosh. And you have, all your hands are intact, like fingers, you got it all. I mean, I've got some scars, but they're all intact. Here's another one. He uh, did 2,173 2, behind-the-back disc catches for an hour. He is the world's fastest juggler. He caught 67 tennis balls in 30 seconds while on a balance board. Do you just go through like the, the internet, the site, and find records and then decide, hey, that's the one I think I can get? You know, I do go through the website, the Guinness Book, and their YouTube videos. 
And and I approach them all with what I call a growth mindset. And Stanford psychologist Carol Freck talks about this, that I can get better at anything. And so I look at this, every record is like, okay, I could break this record. How much time is it going to take me to invest into to be able to break that? And and anything with juggling, balancing, running are my main core strengths. And then I've been branching out to, you know, like the eating records and, and things like that. And anytime I first try it, I, I struggle. I, I'm not very good at it, especially if it's something I haven't practiced before. And, and a lot of students have the same problem. They fail a math test, struggle at science, say, I could never become an engineer. But if they have a growth mindset and they work hard, get help, they can get better. And when I understand that I am going to become better at this, I can become the fastest juggler in the world and spend a year at it and train for it every day, I was able to do it. He's got an electrical engineering degree from MIT. Oh my God. He has uh, he published a book, <laughs> Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 World Record Attempts. It's on Amazon and Kindle. David Rush, multiple Guinness World Record holder. Don't people all the time go, well, I could do that, but, they're, <laughs> but they can't. They're out of their mind, right, yeah. David? No, they absolutely can. It's no, just, if they have to train, though, like Amy's like, well, I can do that uh, no. right now. Uh, no, I listen to what he's saying, and all I have to do is have a growth mindset and know okay. that I am capable of doing that. And put in the hard work. Yes. And put in the hard work. Exactly. Well, I really appreciate you spending a little time with us. That's uh, uh, and, and check out his book. And Are you on Instagram, David? Uh, yeah, I'm Instagram, David Rush Speaker there. Okay. And then I got a YouTube channel with over 100 of the records posted. You can watch them at David Rush Record Breaker on YouTube. All right. There he is. David, thank you for your time. Good luck and um, love what you say and love why you do it. Hey, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, there he is. David Rush, everybody. Did you hear what happened in Lunchbox this weekend? No. Tell her what happened. I was driving down the road, and it's a two-lane road, and there's a big truck in front of me with a bunch of porter potties on the back of it. And we go around a curve towards the right, and all of a sudden the rope snaps off, and a porter potty flies off the truck, and it comes right at my car, and I have to swerve left and dodge the porter potty. And it was one of those like handicapped ones, so it was the big double size. And I mean, boom, right on the ground and Man, so you're okay? I'm okay. Anybody else hit it behind you? No one hit it, luckily. But then I'm trying to chase the guy down because he doesn't even know that he's missing a porter potty. He's just driving like nothing. And I'm honk, 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 and I'm out the window going, hey, hey, hey. And he's just ignoring me. Finally, two miles down the road, he finally pulls over and I said, Yo, dude, you lost a porter potty. He goes, dang it. He's like, again, <laughs> this happens every time. I mean, but it, it was one of those things where you're driving and a thing flies off a truck. And it was a, I would have been, I think I would have been a goner. I saw my life flash before my eyes when I saw that I porter mean, potty come. And well, probably not because of the porta potty, but because you would have reacted like with a jerk and it could have hit a car or a tree. Yes. And also... Not to lose sight of how crazy this is, but the fact that you keep calling it a porter potty, it distracts <laughs> us all from the severity of what happened to you. What do you, you. call it? Yeah, what do you call it? It's a porta potty, porta. like a portable. Por- porter potty. No. Porta potty? No. Porta potty. Porta. Porta. Porta? Like a, yeah. No, oh, porter potty. No, it's not a porter. <laughs> it's not a guy named John Porter who invented the potty. It's a porta potty. Oh, man. But I mean, I but what if something... Okay. I mean, I'm glad that you're okay, but what are the... It's like total lunchbox style of like... <laughs> What happened to you? Uh, like a, a, if that's how you went, a porter potty. Everybody's at his funeral. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Today, lunchbox is killed by a porter potty. I we mean, say it wrong in his honor. Uh, Here's Amy's pile of stories. So there's this meditation and relaxation app called Calm, and celebrities have lent their voice to it, or they got paid, whatever. But there's celebrities on there, and Matthew McConaughey's voice is the most downloaded. It's been downloaded more than 11 million times. And they say that that's what's helping people go to sleep is his voice. Before we begin, as you settle in under the covers with your head easing into the pillow. I am asleep. I fall asleep on the air. I'd like you to let your mind drift with me for just a minute. Let's ask the question. How often do we ponder the depth of the present moment? The one we're in. It's interesting. I mean, how often do we I feel what's happening? With I hate to say this. I just, it's hard for me to commit to meditation. You know, it's tough. My mind just races all the time. I have to fight myself to go to sleep. And anytime, even when I was struggling really bad with PTSD, I would sit on the bed and try to meditate. And I just, it just couldn't catch. And I know it's because I didn't put the work in. I know that's all it is. 
but I like Matthew McConaughey. Morgan Freeman is also <laughs> one that I would listen to. That would be a good one. Yeah. Who else? Is there anyone else on the list? All I have is that Matthew is the one that's soothing millions of Americans. So if you're having trouble falling asleep, maybe try out the Matthew McConaughey on Calm. That is pretty good, though. It, I know. I was Once like, he can we I'm- hear more? <laughs> Close my eyes. <laughs> None of us told Ray to stop the clip. <laughs> you meditate at all? I don't, but my husband just started. Yeah, and how's that working? At first, he hated it. And now, I guess because he's been putting in the work, he's starting to enjoy it and told me that it's like Kenny G on crack. Whatever app he has, he's not listening to someone talk. It's like some must be a saxophone or something (laughs) playing. And he does 20 minutes a day. And he's been committed and he's done it every day. Then I, I went from him complaining about it to him being like, you know, he, if you don't know, my husband loves Kenny G. So for him to describe Which something- Which is weird, by the way. If you don't know, then I must tell you, her husband is Air Force military guy who just happened to play saxophone in the band in like 10th grade. Junior right? high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And funny. so he's into it. Kenny G on crack. So he's meditating and all about it. So I've got to give it a try. So Luke Bryan did the whole BuzzFeed Thirst Tweets series. I don't know what that is. I, I guess the it's The Thirst weird. Tweet series? Yeah, it he like goes and reads what his fans think about him like in a thirsty way. Is it like a mean tweet ripoff? Yes, okay. but for thirstiness. Go ahead. And so um, he said that some of his fans need to go to church. Mmm, <laughs> Luke Bryan's thighs need their own fan page. You beautiful man, you. I've been cycling a lot. The thighs are quite toned. However, the beer belly is not. I want Luke Bryan to choke me out with his thighs black widow style. My thighs seem to be the subject of a lot of <laughs> sexual fantasies. Thank you guys for that. And, you know, through all this, let's do remember I, I do have music. Yeah. So he was just, it's reading like thirsty No, I get tweets. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, what else? A study has found that face masks make you look more attractive. <laughs> Because you're ugly? Because it covers <laughs> It hides face. the ugly? <laughs> I just thought it was more so funny that someone conducted a study of 500 people to find this out. And pretty much, yeah, when there was something covering half your face, everybody instantly became more attractive. Morgan, you ever had a guy come up to you while you had a mask on? At a restaurant, it happened. But the, but at that point, I had started to take it off. So he saw my face. So okay. I don't know that it, it worked out that way. And he kept talking or he <laughs> walked away. <laughs> yeah, he kept talking. All right, Amy, is that it? Just kidding. I knew he did. Uh, yeah. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So after six years in an Indiana shelter, a 12-year-old pit bull boxer mix named Sandy has found a forever home. Oh. Yeah, six years. So over half of her life, she was there, and there was a volunteer, Terry, that worked there and walked Sandy all the time. And now she's like, oh, man, I'm glad she found a forever home, but I'm going to miss walking her. So they threw this party to wish Sandy a goodbye, rolled out a red carpet for her to walk down to her new family. And yeah, this shelter says that Sandy left behind 80 dogs and 200 cat siblings and wow. that they they this is like an orphanage. They don't yeah. put any dogs down, any cats down. They keep them. They will live there until they find a home or until they pass away. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, not real blood siblings. Like, like no, 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 no. I was like, no, no, no. I was like holy siblings. mother. That's People all... at the, at the dog. <laughs> That's why I wowed. <laughs> not because like, there were what? that many animals there. I was like, wow, there's that many brothers and sisters. <laughs> so shout out to the Marion Grant Humane Society and they yeah. run solely on donations, whether monetary toys or pet food. So there you go. pretty awesome. That is a good one. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. All right, let's go over to Amy and get that joke. The morning corny. What's the difference between ignorance and apathy? What is it? Uh, I don't know, and I don't care. (laughs) That was the morning corny. Lunchbox, who'd you call here? I called a bakery at a grocery store because my kid had a birthday a couple weeks ago, and I was like, what kind of things will they allow you to write on a birthday cake? Will they put anything? And if I just go on and on and on, will they squeeze it on the birthday cake? All right, so here is Lunchbox calling. Has his alter ego, Jason Gibble, uh, asking for a birthday cake for your wife? Yeah, my hot wife. Here we go. 
Sally Bakery, how may I help you? Uh, yes, ma'am. I was trying to get a cake for my smoking hot wife. I'm a businessman making business deals, so I'm kind of running late to the birthday party. So I was hoping you could write it, and then I swing in and grab it. What? I don't know. Give me an idea what you want. Okay, you got a pen? I do. Okay. Got hips like honey, so thick and so sweet. It ain't no curves like hers on them downtown streets. Body like a back road, driving. You know, I've, I've heard this song, but I can't write this all on a cake. <laughs> you need a whole lot bigger cake. I don't have that big a cake. No, no, I, that's this is what I wrote. This is these are words from my heart. Okay. Did you get? Did you write that down for me? Got hips like honey. I got that far. Okay. It ain't no curves like hers on them downtown streets. Body like a back road, driving with my eyes closed. Love, Jason. I wrote, got hips like honey, so thick and so sweet. Ain't no curves like hers on them back da- downtown streets. Driving with my eyes closed. Love, Jason. Oh, no, no, no. You forgot body like a back road before <laughs> driving with my eyes closed. Drive body like a back road, driving with my eyes closed. Okay, I wrote it. I mean, I'll, I'll try to see what I can fit on there. But I don't want you to be disappointed, so. Well, I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So So how did that end up? Did you call her back? I called her back and told her I wasn't going to be able to make it. And was she irritated at you? Uh, A little bit. Did she make the cake? No, no, no. She was just going to get one out. It was just a display. But she was like, I I didn't know how I was going to fit it on there. Do you want to publicize her bakery? Or do you have it? Or is she mad? No, no, she was happy. She, she, she laughed. She thought it was funny, okay. and she, she, she really thought it was funny. But yeah, uh, shout out. Oh, Lunchbox pranks for everything possible. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they your victims all the time? Well, they. I mean, it just seems to work. Well, like she I don't was know. very nice. She was very nice. She was very funny, and she had a good personality. And and she knew the song. She's like, I know that song. I'll give you the quote from a famous movie. Just name the movie. These are very easy quotes. You shouldn't miss any of these. Amy, Eddie. Lunchbox. Morgan, you're all in. Here we oh, go. Boy. I'm going to just say the quote. Name the movie. I'm the king of the world. I didn't give you much. <laughs> I mean, Is someone I, confused over there? Morgan was. She looked at me like, what the? <laughs> Took me a minute. I got it. Yeah, though. I'm the king of the yeah. world. Okay, okay. Amy? Titanic. Lunchbox? Titanic. Morgan? Titanic. Eddie? Titanic. All right, softball. Let's go level two. I feel the need, the need for speed. Amy drops her pen like a boss. <laughs> Basically threw it down. I just watched this. Oh. I feel the need, the need for speed. I, need, I feel the need for speed. Right around the room we go. Amy. Top Gun. Lunchbox. Talladega Nights. Morgan. Top Gun. Eddie. <laughs> Top Gun. All right, Lunchbox, I'm sorry to see you go, <laughs> but you've been eliminated. Sorry. Right. Closing time. Um, <laughs> next one. I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. Easy movie quote. Everybody good? Yep. Yeah. Amy? Yeah. Taken. Morgan? Taken. Eddie? Taken. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. That's such a good movie. Taken 1 was. Taken 19 so kind of stunk, but Taken 1 rocked. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Amy. Wizard of Oz. Morgan. Wizard of Oz. Eddie. Wizard of Oz. Nice. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) The next one. I'll have what she's having. In. Morgan struggling. No? So am I. Yes? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, I'll have what she's having. Oh, 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 oh. Got it. Mm. Dang it. All right, Amy. Uh, when Harry met Sally. 
Morgan? Mm, you've got mail. Oh, dang. Similar-ish type movie, but not it. Eddie? In the diner when Harry met Sally. That's right. I'll have what she's having. Because she's going, oh. And he's like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Two people remain. One more and then we'll go to sudden death. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. What? Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Eddie, do you know it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, wow. You do? And Eddie's been on a streak yeah. with games lately. Yeah. What? Roads? It's ro- ro- Roads? That, that's good, Amy. What you said was perfect, kind of how he says it. Roads? Okay. I need your answer, Amy. Apollo 13. Because <laughs> the space is a good one. <laughs> they don't need rest. Ray, what? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, don't play you. Eddie, you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is back to the future. Oh, I just watched that too. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. There he is. Okay. Eddie wants yeah. a On the phone right now is my guy, Mike D. Not the Mike D that works on this show but the Mike D that is in the first episode of Breaking Bobby Bones. Mike D, how are you? Hey, it's going great, Bobby. How you been, brother? I've been good. You Did you see the like the the you know the tease of you on the first episode? I, I did not see the tease. The last time, the only thing I saw was when we were on the panel, and I heard about the tease. Uh, they, they let me know. I, I, I totally missed it, man, but I heard it was great. Yeah, have you seen the episode at all? Yeah, well, they, they sent me what they showed, whatever they showed the press and the rest of the panel. Remember, it just happened to be our show. Dang. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was the whole thing, but it was awesome. Would you tell our listeners, and you can be honest about this, how scared I was to actually go hang out over the Grand Canyon on a rope? <laughs> and you know what, man? I've been asking a few things uh, what I most remember about the whole episode, and I can definitely say it was your fear. <laughs> uh, that that it, it, it was definitely real. real no no faking uh, with, with that at, at no point at all, but... It, it was definitely something that we overcame together, and, and you did amazing, dude. But watching you on the side of that cliff, uh, that leg shaking, that, that was that was one thing that I won't forget. How did you get into rope access? Meaning, I didn't even know what that was until I met you, where you know, you're, you're building these rope rigs, you're climbing places that people normally aren't able to get to. How did you get you know, exposed to this industry? To be honest with you, I fell right into it. I used to drive a dump truck for a little while, and uh, things got bad. I lost my job, and um, just through a friend, I was hired on with Absalom, my company that I work for now and since the beginning, and uh, that's how I found it. I thought it was just a job for me to go hang off a building and clean a couple windows, and here, lo and behold, it was a whole career path uh, laid out right in front of me, and I fell in love with rope access right from the get-go, and, and here I am 14 years later, you know, teaching folks to do what I do and, and then being on awesome TV shows with well, people like yourself. Were you scared for me? Did you think there was any chance I would die, be honest? Not necessarily that you would die, but there was a couple of times I was ready to pull the plug, my friend. Uh, doing what we do is extremely <laughs> safe, but it does require a lot of training. And, uh, you know, when I first saw you get on that rope and start flopping around like a fish, <laughs> you know, out of water, I, I definitely uh, had, my, had my thoughts about maybe just pulling the plug altogether. Because they told you if it didn't seem safe or I didn't seem ready, to just go, nope, you're not going to do it, right? Yeah, they de- yeah, they definitely did. And, of course, you know, with rollbacks as being that safety is priority number one, um, that definitely was a concern, man. But you did amazing. You took right to it. And uh, by the end of it, the only thing we had to shake off was on those nerves. Yeah, those nerves are still there. I watch it, and I still get anxiety thinking about when you were out there in the middle going, come on, Bobby, you can do it. And I'm like, Ang- I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm going to sit right here on the ground and not – and there's one point, too, where we're up there, and I'm having to clean the bottom of the sky bridge. Remember, I'm, I'm on a road 4,000 feet over, and he goes, hey, look down at your bucket because you need to get the squeegee out to clean. I'm like, I'm not looking down. Like, I'm going to keep looking up and stick my hand and try to find the bucket because I, I didn't want to look down. That's crazy that you remember that, Bobby, because that's actually a story that I tell folks when we're talking about the show. I go, man, he was so scared, he wouldn't even look down at his bucket. That <laughs> kind of coaxed him into it. <laughs> but uh, you know what? You, you you found the water. It was down there. It was in the bucket, and you, and you finally found it. <laughs> well, that's my guy, Mike D. He is on episode one, the Grand Canyon Cliffhanger, Breaking Bobby Bones. You're going to love his story. You're going to be inspired by the guy. 
you know, uh, he had some adversity hit him early in life, and he did not let that adversity define him. And here he is now, and we hung 4,000 feet over the Grand Canyon together, and you can watch that. Mike D., it is a, a, a real treat to talk to you again. I cannot wait to watch this episode with everybody else, and thank you for your time. Outstanding, Bobby. Thank you for everything, man. And remember, man, fight, grind, repeat. That's right. There he is. Mike D., everybody. <laughs> All right, tonight, Breaking Bobby Bones, 10, 9 Central on Nat Geo Channel. You can watch me. You can watch Mike D., teach me how to uh, just hang on a rope and, and clean this thing. And I felt like I was going to die. But you can watch it tonight, 10, 9 Central on Nat Geo, Breaking Bobby Bones. Bones. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Out in Mesa, Arizona, in the middle of the night, this neighbor wakes up and goes, oh my gosh, my neighbor's house is on fire. So Ty runs next door, starts banging on the door, and there's a ring doorbell camera. So he starts looking into it and he's yelling, your house is on fire, your house is on fire. The mom answers the door. He takes the two-year-old girl out to the street. Wow. Then Ty runs in and gets the other daughter out of the house. Wow. Wow. Also, to go up to the camera and start talking to the camera, that's pretty aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty aware to go, okay, but they can hear me. Because, again, if somebody's beating on your door, you're probably not just going to answer it. If somebody comes to my door, I have the app, too. I just go, who's out there? Also, I'm standing on the other side of the door. <laughs> right. I can just yell through the door. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a good story. That is what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. On right now, Jason in San Antonio. Jason, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. What, what do you have on your mind? So, my girlfriend's building a house, and uh, she wants to have a housewarming party. And she wants to do a housewarming party registry. And I told her that I, I thought that was bad taste. It's not a wedding. It's not a baby shower. She disagrees with me, and she doesn't know why I feel like it's bad taste. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, she is going to throw a party. Now, I've never had one. But if someone said I'm having a housewarming party, there's a registry. I don't think I would think anything weird about it. Because here's the thing. If you go to someone's house, you're expected to bring something anyway. And when you have to figure out what yourself to bring, it's always stupid. It's always some kind of wine that no one's ever going to drink. So why not just go ahead and get something good that they're all that they're going to like? And I feel like that actually makes it easier. The registry takes, takes the burden off me because, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this is me every time. I don't know what to take it's to people's okay, house. It's okay, man. It's okay. So you know what I did last time? The last time somebody invited me over, I grabbed a thing of almond milk that had been unopened from the fridge and took it over and gave oh. it to them. Oh, okay. That's nice. And I was like, yeah, I bought you some almond milk. And then I got the, here's the, the, and there's a twist. Then I got back home and Caitlin goes, hey, um, we have a new thing, almond milk in the fridge that hadn't been opened yet. She said, I thought you took that one. Apparently I took the one that already been opened oh, and have drank. Oh, even worse. <laughs> So I'm on the side of I don't mind a housewarming party. Nobody has to come. Nobody has to buy anything. I don't think it's bad taste. The only thing that I would say if you're throwing the party, have a little something there, a little food, a little something for people to come over to do. Like, you know, there's some money in that party. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I am with you on the fact that it does make it easier on those that are attending, and I would appreciate that. Uh, I would normally, though, just do a gift card. That keeps it simple. Like if someone has moved somewhere, then a gift card to Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, or something like that is so easy. So that's that's that solves the problem right there. For me personally, I would not feel comfortable putting up a housewarming registry, but I'm not going to hate anybody for doing it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. But if you put a <laughs> registry up, that eliminates the need for a gift card. I understand. I'm just, And it, it's mailed right to you. You don't even have to go to the store or get online and, and buy it and log on. I agree, but... I'm just saying an easy thing to take to housewarming parties so you don't have to take almond milk is a gift card. <laughs> no. I'm not buying a gift card and taking it in an envelope. Why? No, uh, That's weird. What? In a card? Yeah, no, I think no. I gave Morgan number two a gift card when well, she moved Me too, into but she didn't house. have a party. She was going to. Yeah, but I didn't go to her house. I sent her online. Gift cards are fine online. I'm not going to walk up to somebody and hand them an envelope. Hey, here you go. <laughs> Congratulations. like it's a drug deal or something. <laughs> oh. Okay, here's where we stand, Jason. You're wrong. She's right. Actually, no, Jason. I'm with you. I would feel uncomfortable. But that wasn't the question. No, because he's part of this, too. If she puts that out there, he is someone. He's putting it out there, too. And I would find it uncomfortable. Throw the party. Ask for the gifts. People don't have to get you gifts. They're going to want to come over eventually anyway. They're going to feel weird about having to bring something. Let them get you a towel. You know? Okay. Have the party. Register away. And Jason, what I've learned, you just kind of pick your battles. 
She has to pick them with me. I have to pick them with her. I don't think this is one you want to invest a whole lot of yourself, a whole lot of you putting your foot down and going, this is not for me. Well, she's going to do what she wants to do regardless, and I already told her to do that. I just wanted another opinion on if I was was wrong in the matter. Well, it doesn't make Amy and I feel super comfortable, but we're both okay with it. So the song that's the all-time worst at getting stuck in your head. I have a list here. Five, four, three, two, one. (laughs) Ready? And number five on the song that gets stuck in my head all the time, FGL, Meant to Be. Oh, yeah. Just can't shake it. It takes something to knock that one out. Some other ones will just go away. But I need something to knock Meant to Be out because it just stays in there. That's a good one. That's at my number five on songs in my head. Number four, and I don't hear it a lot, but when I do, I don't lose it. It's Wilson Phillips, Hold On. Can't shake that one. At number three, it's what they call Rick Rolling. Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, good. Number two in the songs that stay in my head the longest that I can't shake. The lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Do you know this song? Yeah. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Once I hear it, I still listen on Cool 95. Good times, great oldies. Cool 95 here. We're going to play The Lion Sleeps Tonight. <laughs> the wee mo Yeah. The wee There's like four different parts of this yeah. song that can just stay oh, in yeah, your head yeah. all. The... And then finally, the... and you guys may have this on your list. Um, my number one song that if I hear it, it's it's so hard to get it out, is this one right here. Oh, yeah. Uptown Funk. Anyone have that on theirs? No. no. Their, their main one? Amy, what do you have? A Justin Bieber, baby. Mm. Eddie, what, what is it for you? I don't know why it gets stuck in my head, but and I hate this song. It's Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay. Watch Me Whip. Uh, okay. Okay. Watch Me Nay Nay. Watch Me Nay Nay. Watch Me Nay Nay. I hate that song. Lunchbox. Oh, it's easy. Chumba Wumba, tub thumping. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That almost made my list, too. Morgan number two. Mine's an old song. It's Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles. Oh, that's so good. It's not that old. <laughs> I think to her it's it is. Like, <laughs> for her, yeah. yeah. Uh, final one, Raymundo. What song gets stuck in your head? Whenever I'm about to get a beer, an ice cold beer, I mean, the only thing I think of is Luke Combs. It's a really catchy hook, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it up on our Facebook page. Tell us what song stays in your head the longest. Like, you, you just you just can't get it. I wake up, there's, all the time there's a song in my head at some point. Me too. Me too. Like, Every I go day. from one, my head's like a jukebox. It's just one song <laughs> to another, one song to another, constantly. <laughs> Next song comes up. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Courtney Monroe. She is the president of National Geographic Global Television. Uh, she is the reason that I have a show that exists that will be on at 10, 9 Central. Uh, Courtney Monroe, everybody. Yeah. Hi, everybody. How are you, studio? Hey, we are good. I have a question good. for you. How, yes, Bobby. Tell me about this, how this time thing works. 10, 9 Central. Does that mean everybody but Central gets it at 10 and then only Central gets it at 9? Like, this is the most yes. basic question, but I need help here. Yes, that is correct. Don't you live in the Central time zone, though? But I know we get it at 9, right? So if right. it's but ten, if you're on the East Coast where I live, or you're on the West Coast, you get it at ten. I just because people hit me up from all these time zones. They're like, "What time is it on here?" And I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to ask somebody who knows the president." Apparently, I'm not that person, though. <laughs> okay, so ten nine Central on yes. Nat Geo, Breaking Bobby Bones. And let me ask you the first question that people want to know: Why in the world would you greenlight a show with me on it? First of all. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan and loyal listener for a long time. So part of this was just a ploy to get to know you, really. That's number one. Number two, you were on Running Wild with Bear Girls. Your listeners, your fans tuned in, became the highest rated episode ever for us that season. And we were like, oh, my gosh, 
people love him. Let's do a show with Bobby Bones. And the truth of the matter is this show, it is, this show is the embodiment of exactly who you are. It is full of adventure. It is fun. It is full of heart and inspiration. Um, and your viewers are going to love it. And so I knew it was going to be a hit. I knew it was going to be entertaining. I knew you were going to have fun doing it. That's why we greenlit it. Now, the question for me is, did you ever get nervous that I would be physically, like, really badly injured or die? Because some of the stuff I was doing was pretty nuts. Yes, I did worry about that. I was a little conflicted because on the one hand, the crazier things you do, the, the, you know, the more nutty it is, the better the television. But I really like you, and I didn't want you to get hurt. So, yes, I was definitely nervous, but I was conflicted because it makes for great entertaining television. The first episode is me hanging over the Grand Canyon, and my body is literally trembling. At, yeah, at, it's really terrifying to watch, like terrifying to watch. But you say that in a way that you were happy that I was terrified. I was super happy. <laughs> yes, because this is all about you facing your fear, getting outside your comfort zone, being vulnerable, um, and spending the day with, with people who do this for a living. You know, really inspiring individuals who are willing to take risks. And you go for it. And it's really fun. And yes, seeing you scared is kind of entertaining. <laughs> for me, I, it brings back all the anxiety that I had while actually doing it. Like, I had trouble sleeping the night before. I get out, I'm, hey, there's, a, there's literally a cliff. And they're like, okay, we're gonna, yes. we're gonna, you're gonna go out on this rope and we're gonna pull you out. And I'm like, I, don't, I can't do it. And I sat there forever going, guys, I don't know if I can do this. And it just brings back the anxiety that I had. Just, I only watched like the first half of it and then I, <laughs> then I fast forward it to just doing the human <laughs> part of it because I was so scared. But I think that's what's so great about it because this is not fake made for television stuff. All you, all viewers and your fans are going to have to do is see your face, and the fear is real, and the hesitation is real, um, and I think that's what makes the show so compelling, is that it's real, and you're willing to be afraid, um, and I think the way you connect with these sort of everyday heroes is really inspiring. Did you see any of the episodes and go, that one kind of sucked? No. Okay. I mean, I have my favorites. I'm not going to say what they are. I have, I think the, you know, the more afraid you are, the more out of your comfort zone, I think uh, the better, but I love them all. And I love the people that you meet and I love all the everyday jobs that you immerse yourselves in. And I think, you know, listeners are going to see themselves in a lot of the people that you meet. And I think that's pretty compelling as well. Yeah. Come for the action and me looking dopey, trying stuff out, but stay for the, the stories of people who fought real adversity and fought their way through and, and I think if, if you watch an episode and you're, you don't feel inspired, I did not do my job. And so I think you'll, you'll finish the show and go, dang, like I, I love them. And you may feel a little better about yourself too. Feel a little, feel I a little better. I totally yeah. agree. And I also love how you're begging all your listeners. Uh, watch, what do they want? The blood? Urine. <laughs> Urine. <laughs> Listen, I'm not above begging either. So please watch. You will love it. National Geographic Channel. They'll eventually be on Disney+. Plus. No excuse. Lots of places to watch it. People are going to love it. They're going to love you in it, and they're going to love it. There she is. Courtney Monroe, president of National Geographic Global Television and my hero. Uh, Breaking Bobby Bones, 10, 9 Central, tonight on Nat Geo Channel. Courtney, thank you. Hopefully thank we will talk so again much. soon. Thanks so much, Bobby. Okay, bye. All right, bye. There she is. Courtney Monroe. <laughs> Fancy executive on the phone. Bones. Bobby Bones Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Jacksonville, Florida. A man walked into a Wells Fargo bank, went up to the teller, pulled out a gun, pointed and said, give me all the money. And the teller looked at him and goes, that's a fake gun. He goes, give me all the money. He goes, dude, your gun's not real. I'm not giving you any money. So the robber turned to leave, and he was arrested outside by the security guard. Was it a fake gun? Fake gun. And a security guard can arrest? I guess if they're also a cop. Yeah, it's an off-duty cop working as a security guard at the bank. You at least would throw the fake gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now I'm curious about an off-duty. You could, you still have the rights to arrest, or is it a citizen's arrest? No, he's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. If oh, you're okay. off-duty, you can still arrest someone. You can you're still arrest a cop. when you're off-duty? If you're a police officer? I don't know. If someone's robbing a, a pizza place, if you're in there, and you're an off-duty cop, you have to go out, not on the clock. <laughs> Can't do any arresting. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. These boaters, they went out for the day, and people always want to see dolphins or whales or maybe a shark, you know, if you're out in the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. This eight-foot shark circled this boat for 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. The mean one, the big, great white shark. Imagine you're out on the boat. It's a nice day, and then... This shark is circling you for 15 minutes. That's what happened. 
And it ate. I don't think I've ever seen a shark except in an aquarium. Have you? No. I've never seen one like at the ocean. I think I'd be freaking out a little bit, though. The eight-foot shark circled them for about 15 minutes. They took pictures, but I guess you only circle when you're hungry. Yeah, for sure. If I also, if I was on that boat and I saw the article the other day about how the shark just jumped in and ate the boy. Mm, well, pulled the boy. The dad jumped in on the shark and saved him. I know, but yeah. still tried to eat him. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Get your body bones on. Bobby Bones, y'all.